This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or For His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning and welcome to the chair. My name is Amy Bauman. I'm with For His Glory Ministry, and this is our weekly teaching. We come together each week figure out what chair we're sitting in, look at God's word, apply it to our lives, hopefully become more encouraged and more like Jesus. But if this is your first time joining us today, I'm so glad that you found us online. And thank you so much for following along each week. This is one of my favorite days of the week. No, uh, you don't have to adjust your sound. This is actually how I sound right now. I am fighting a cold. I am rebuking the devil. I'm not going to let him uh, bring me down, but I'm excited to share with you today, um, just as we approach Christmas, and ask ourselves the question, what if? I know a lot of us today have what if situations in our lives where we're questioning God, where we're questioning his ability, where we're looking and going, we're really not sure how we're going to get to the other side of this. And Christmas sometimes is a challenging time for us because we're uh, trying to get everything in line for Christmas. We're trying to celebrate. We're trying to get prepared for the festivities and the parties. But there are things that we're working through. There are things that are happening. There are situations that that are already happening and then added the Christmas season can, can make us feel even uh, depressed or discouraged and questioning God and His ability. And so that's what I want to look at today. I want to look at the what ifs in our situations. I want to talk about the not so perfect Christmas and see what God has for each one of us today. But before we get started, let's open with prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your perfect timing. I thank you for this word. I thank you for what you're going to do. And so right now, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this time. We ask for a fresh anointing that I will speak your truth with love and that you open up our hearts and our ears for what it is that you have for us today. We just love you and praise you and thank you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So if there is one thing that I have struggled with over the years, it would be the word perfect. I think because growing up, I had a lot of hardships. I had a, thing, a lot of hard things happen between my parents' divorce and moving around a lot and um, struggling with my identity that I really wanted a normal life. And so for me, perfect was that's that one thing that I couldn't quite attain, but I wanted to. And I really looked at other people I looked at television, I looked at magazines, I looked at the people that were around me and I looked and then said, okay, well, that must be what normal is. And, and I don't have that, so, so I want those things. And, and they looked like they had it all together, the people on the TV, the people in the magazines, uh, looking at a distance from across the street to into my neighbor's lives. I mean, everything looked perfect. It looked better than my life. And I believed that everything that I was experiencing was the opposite of normal. 
So I really long to have something normal. I, I long to have the, the perfect life, what I was missing out on. And I did believe in God, right? I did believe he was real, but I didn't fully surrender my life to him. And I, I liked to make my own decisions. I wanted to make my own way. And so I bought the lie hook, line, and sinker that if I could do it on my own and, and looked for ways for this perfect life that I could actually have a perfect life. I, I just needed to do it on my own. I, I just needed to work hard at it and, and I could achieve it. And as I got older, I really used things to make my life perfect. I used a bulldozer. I would plow ahead, um, taking charge of the situations, regardless of the consequences, and regardless of the devastation that I made when I drove that bulldozer, fired on high speed, full speed ahead, you know, getting what I wanted to get. And I was really good at presenting myself to the world as someone who had it all together because I wanted them to believe. I mean, it's kind of like the saying, if you say it enough, if you do it enough, you're going to believe it um, and you can achieve it. And so I kept just putting my best self out there, presenting my best self, but it was really all a lie. I was so unhappy. I was so uh, struggling with depression. I was so making such a mess in my life with my bulldozer. But Christmas, Christmas was that one time a year that I could really shine, so to speak, right? I could do all the right things. I could put together the right Christmas cards. I could decorate my house just so. I could make the perfect meals. I could wrap my presents. I could present myself in a way that it looked like I had it all together and hopefully make people believe that for at least a few months. And, and I could maybe try to believe it myself. I mean, there were parties to go to, decorations to put up, Christmas cards, cookies to make, presents to buy, and all the ways that I could present myself to the world as perfect. And everything looked shiny and bright for a few minutes. I believed it for a few minutes. I felt perfect even though I wasn't. Even though I was extremely broken and missing the key ingredient, which was God. He wasn't in the equation. He wasn't what I was thinking about. I was trying to be perfect and to present myself perfectly to others. And I was thinking back to an extremely difficult time in my life, which was in 2005, and what a year that was. And I remember uh, the verses, the, the lines from A Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. And um, the white witch has cast her spell on Narnia, decreeing that it must always be winter and never Christmas. And in my own life, that's what it felt like. Like I was standing in the middle of a snowstorm, just taking the full brunt of the wind and the storm and that it was never going to be Christmas. It was always going to be winter 
and that I was always going to struggle. And I, I couldn't see the promise. I couldn't see what, what the Lord was going to do because I was so focused on my brokenness and so focused on trying to make everybody believe that I had it all together. And I was waiting for Christmas and that promise you feel when you open your eyes and it's Christmas morning and you're anticipating all the gifts and everything that is to come. And all I felt was the snow on my face and the fear I was walking in the wrong direction with no idea how to get home. My marriage was struggling. I was struggling. I wasn't proud of the decisions I had made and the path that I had journeyed and I was believing every lie from the enemy. I battled mental illness and my husband at the time coped by drinking and not coming home and I was stuck and I didn't know how to spin this to the world my life. But here's the thing. I had my Christmas decorations up. My house was lit up. Outside lights, I hung on myself. I got the ladder out. I strung the lights. Uh, my tree was up. My house smelled like fresh baked cookies. I sent out all the Christmas cards and I signed it, you know, from all of us. I spent money we didn't have. And I was going through the motions of my life, trying to make it look like those people on TV, trying to make it look like those people on the magazines, in the checkout lines, trying to be like everyone else. And I never felt more lost. I never felt more alone. It was a not-so-perfect Christmas for sure. And speaking of a not so perfect Christmas, let's take a look at the very first Christmas and see that that wasn't so perfect at all either. So first there was a decree for a census of the entire Roman world. And it was all about taxation. Everyone had to go to their own town to register and people were not happy. Some people had to travel for very many, many miles to get back to their hometown to register. Imagine this for a second. You didn't just hop in the car and ride over to your local township. No, that's not how it went. Luke 2.4 says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So they wanted you and your family to go. So not only does the entire Roman nation have to go and register so they can get taxed more. I mean, we all love taxes. But Joseph needs to take his engaged, pregnant, virgin fiancé approximately 97.4 miles 
which in a car would be about an hour and 54 minutes. But back then, on a donkey, a five-day journey. A not-so-perfect Christmas. And once they are done registering, they're looking for a place to stay the night because as they were traveling, Mary announces that the baby is coming. Perfect timing. Away from their family, in a town that is booked because everyone has traveled to go to register for the census and there are no vacancies. I bet you all of you moms out there would really can really understand Mary's shoes, right? Because we've all been there. Uh, when it's time, we know that we have a place to go. We know we're going to the hospital where people are going to take care of us, or we know we're going to be with family if we're going to do an at-home birth. But Mary is five days away from home with her husband, traveling on a donkey, and there's no room in the inn. I've traveled before not finding any vacancies, and it can be exhausting, but worst case scenario, I could sleep in my car, but not on a donkey, not in labor, and not out in the elements. Thankfully, someone offers up their stable, a barn, where animals sleep. Woohoo! She gets to have her baby in a barn. That sounds really good. And we don't want to forget the angelic announcement, the three wise men, or how Herod find out, found out about the birth of a king and sent out men to kill every newborn baby boy in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he learned from the three wise men or magi. Can you imagine when Mary had her first encounter with Gabriel the angel? And he said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Did he say in that message, Do you think that everything would be perfect? I don't think so. Did he, say, did he say there would be cookies and Christmas cards and shopping and presents and lights and food and merriment? I don't think so. Did he say everything will be easy and look like the magazine covers and that you will have great joy? I don't think so. And yet we get to this time of year and we want everything to be just so and we spend so much energy running in circles trying to pull off the perfect Christmas. Well, I've realized that a huge part of this misconception is the enemy. And we talked about that last week, right? We talked about that man behind the curtain. And where is our focus, right? He can distract us away from what Christmas is all about, which is the birth of our Savior the Prince of Peace, the King coming to earth as a baby to offer himself up sacrificially to all of us so that we can have forgiveness of sins and everlasting life and this gift that is for each and every one of us. 
So keeping that in mind, right, thinking about the not so first perfect Christmas, thinking about the struggles that I know I faced back in 2005, thinking about the distractions from the enemy and the man behind the curtain. I want us to think about the chair that we're sitting in today. And I want us to look at our situation. What are we going through? What is the hardship that we're experiencing? Maybe that is an illness. Maybe that is a struggling marriage. Maybe that is a wayward child. Maybe that is a struggle with infertility. Maybe that is a job. Maybe you've come to this point in your life and you just don't see the why. You just don't see the purpose. You feel the struggle day in and day out, right? You go and do what you're supposed to do, but there is no joy. There is no peace. There's only despair and discouragement and depression. I want you to look at whatever situation you're facing right now. And I want you to say, what if? Each of us is sitting in a different chair today. But what if? What if we believed that God is greater? What if we put God at the center of our situation? What if we believed that by his stripes we are healed? What if we believed in the power of restoration and that God can redeem all things? What if we stopped believing the lies from the enemy and believed who God says we are? What if we put on the full armor of God and fought against the enemy, the one that has come to steal, kill, and destroy, the one who has come to distract us, the man behind the curtain, distract us away from what this life is all about, who God is, and what this time of year means? Emmanuel, God with us, with us no matter what chair we're sitting in, with us no matter what situation we're facing, with us no matter what we're waiting on, waiting for, and hoping for. God with us, Emmanuel. What if we spent more time in God's word, believing in his promises? What if we actually believed that God's word is God's will and he wants for us abundant life, healing, peace, joy, love? What is your what if today? What is it that you're struggling with and what chair you're sitting in that you need to give to God and allow him to come in and work and move. How do we need to realign our perspective away from our circumstances and back to the one who is capable and still on the throne? When I look back at that 
not-so-perfect first Christmas. I'm grateful for the way God orchestrated everything. God proved to all of us that he isn't looking for perfection. He uses brokenness, hardships, and he made a way when there seemed to be no way. And he brought into the world peace, joy, salvation. And he did it in a way that nobody saw coming. God left the throne to be born as a baby in a manger, in a stable, by a virgin mother. Nobody saw that coming. And it's hard to believe that he would orchestrate all of that to do that for each and every one of us. But here's the thing. He is the ultimate gift. God with us. Emmanuel. What I didn't know back in 2005 was that the perfect Christmas wasn't in the lights and the tree and the cookies and the Christmas cards. And the perfect Christmas wasn't what I could do or create. Even though I had struggled for so long looking for happiness, looking for normal, trying to be perfect. Christmas and the gift that was waiting for me was what God had already done, right? Bringing Jesus into the world offering up his son to all of us while we were still sinners, the ultimate gift. And this is the thing. So many times we struggle receiving. We have this beautiful gift on the table, all wrapped, shiny, perfect. It's the perfect gift. And we're like, hmm, I don't know if I want to open that right now. I'm just going to put that aside and, and maybe I'll open that later. Maybe I'll open that when I feel better. Maybe I'll open that next year. And yet, we miss out on everything when we open that box. We miss out on the beautiful gift of living in community and the fullness of everything that Jesus has for us. That no matter our circumstances, no matter the chair we're sitting in, we can have joy. We can have peace. We can have love even though it doesn't look like what the world is showing us because that's not what it's all about. What it's all about isn't in the Christmas that we can create. It's what God created for us in, in Jesus, sending his son. Jesus changed everything. And when I realized that, when I accepted that, when I opened the gift that I had been looking at for so many years, it finally changed me. And I sit here today in this chair, no matter the circumstances in my life, no matter what I'm going through, I can believe that God is greater. I can believe that he is stronger. I can believe that despite what's happening in the world, he is still on the throne. And because of what he did on the cross, I can have forgiveness of sins and everlasting life 
forever. And that that joy, that peace, that love that I can have in Jesus is never going to end. I want you to have that today. I want you to allow the Lord to come in and show you what's missing and what if you are saying in your life and believe that God is enough. Believe that he's willing and able, that he loves you and that he wants you to open the gift. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I'm so grateful for that not-so-perfect first Christmas. I'm thankful for how you orchestrated a way that you show us that every year, Lord, as we look to Christmas, as we look to Jesus, that we all have a gift that we're waiting to open. Maybe some of us, maybe some of us have opened the gift but have stopped believing in its power, have stopped believing in you. And I pray today, no matter what chair they're sitting in, no matter their circumstance, no matter what they're believing, that they will believe that your love for us is greater and is enough and that you can work and move in all situations, Lord. So I ask for an extra measure of strength and understanding. I pray for revelation, for wisdom, for discernment, for provision, for love, peace, and joy. I pray, Lord, that each person will open the gift that you have given them. Thank you for this time. We seal it all up by the blood of Jesus. And we all say together as one body, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to leave you with one final video today, a video that you can watch that will remind you of his love and that it is greater and that he has great plans for you. And I just pray as you go through the rest of this week that you will trust and believe no matter what chair you're sitting in that God's got you and that he loves you. Thanks so much for being here today and for joining us. And until next time, until we can be together again, be blessed.
Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.